prayer takes energy, uh, mm-hmm. fasting takes energy, yeah. uh, all manner of spiritual disciplines take energy, and if our bodies aren't cooperating, we're right. missing out on all those things that can be a part of our spiritual growth in Christ. When we talk about loving God with all of our heart, soul, and strength, we usually think of strength as the depth of our emotions for God. But what if that verse was talking about our physical bodies too? What if our bodies are much more important to our spiritual health than we ever realized? Today, Gary Wilkerson is joined by guest speaker and ministry founder David Bush to talk about how we can balance spiritual disciplines with physical fitness. Before we join them, though, would you like regular biblical encouragement? Our 86 Seconds video devotionals are a way to realign your life with God's Word. Gary Wilkerson offers quick reminders of how knowing God's Word and will for us is a vital part of living as salt and light in a dark world. Learn more and subscribe at worldchallenge.org. Also, please know your support makes a difference. Consider donating to power the mission and make World Challenge resources like our 86 Seconds devotionals and this podcast possible. And now, here's Gary Wilkerson. Hi, welcome to the Gary Wilkerson podcast, and that would make me Gary Wilkerson. I'm thrilled to have you here with me today. We are going to be talking about a very important subject. You know, if you've been listening to our podcast before, it's one that's been on my heart. I've uh, spoken with this many times, uh, and I know you won't get tired of hearing this because uh, the motivation behind this can change the very fabric of your life, your ministry, your family, uh, and, it's, it's, and it is dealing with health, but it's going to deal with it in a way that I think is going to encourage you and help bring change and uh, because I think in this area, uh, the the motive is 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 there for us. We want to to be healthier, uh, but sometimes the power behind it. So we have uh, in, in our studio with us today a good friend of mine, uh, David Bush. David, welcome. Thanks, Gary. Uh, it's great to be here. with Thank you. you. Glad to have you. You drove down from uh, from uh, Des Moines, Iowa, to be here with us today, and uh, really thrilled to have you with us. Uh, you just recently wrote uh, the Body Gospel, and before that, it was Fit for the King. Is yeah. that right? Those are your two books. Yeah. And uh, you're also head of a ministry. Uh, the, the ministry is called? Well, Fit for the King Fit is the, the public King's name. Mm-hmm. Point okay. of Light Ministries is the 501c3 that okay. undergirds it. Yeah. yeah. And so you'll be sharing with us today. Uh, for those that are listening today, it's, it's going to be important because if, this, if the, the thing we're talking about today gets out of whack, out of line, then everything else is going to be uh, like dominoes falling <clears throat> as well. So, so I'm really thrilled to have you here today. The... Um, the, the um, the reason you started this ministry, um, tell us about that. Just let's get right into the heart of this thing. Yeah. You started this because you saw something happening in people's lives that concerned you? Yeah. Uh, fitness has been a part of my life growing up in Southern California. Um, I was inspired by uh, the, what, 76 Olympics, was it, when Bruce Jenner was a, de- a decathlete winning. Right. Um, I was in my bedroom with uh, my uh, plastic-coated cement Sears weight set that uh, somebody <laughs> had passed on to me, um, trying to think of myself in terms like that. So um, my wrestling experiences in high school taught me about what it's like to be in great you know, shape. Yeah. Uh, it also taught me about the self-discipline that comes with the dieting that goes on with that. Mm. Um, and so that was part of the uh, early interest in it. I felt better. Um, I thought I looked better, uh, quite candidly. And I knew what it was like to be in good shape. And it, when I fell away from that. I knew from what heights I had fallen, I guess. So there was a standard that was set in my life that was a high standard, but it was a good standard. And I aspired to that. Um, 
uh, my dad uh, did not aspire to that. Uh, he was a pastor and was a very successful pastor by all accounts. Had a nice-sized congregation in Southern California, mm-hmm. uh, winning people to the Lord, seeing them discipled in the faith, uh, being very biblically directed and all of that. Uh, but frankly, the last 15 to 20 years of his ministry was not what he would have wanted, uh, nor what it could have been because of this Achilles heel in his life, which was his body stewardship. Do you mind uh, yeah. just taking uh, unpacking that a little bit? What, yeah. what, what was his body stewardship? Or what, what, was, what was happening in his life that was he like not eating well? Or I mean, can you? Yeah, he, he wasn't uh, morbidly <laughs> obese. He wasn't probably even obese. Mm-hmm. But uh, the accumulated stress of ministry, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, not unusual for pastors, yep, yep, a uh-huh. lot of stress and anxiety, um, uh, the way that he snacked on a lot of salty foods mm-hmm. uh, and sugary foods, um, uh, the fact that he wasn't given to exercise. Uh, but he was given to decompressing and uh, relaxing uh, and, and not dealing with that in a, a, a mode of going out and getting in a brisk walk even so mm-hmm. much. Um, his body just kind of atrophied and, you know, first it was the mild heart attack and then it was mm. a bigger heart attack and then it was the bypasses yeah. and then it was the medications and then sympathetic <laughs> knock-on things to medications. And was this soon, while you were growing up or was this like... This as was mostly older? as I started getting out of the house, okay, you know, yeah. as, he, as he was getting into his uh, late 50s and beyond, uh, frankly, a time when exponential ministry impact can be felt with yeah. your accumulated wisdom and resources and freedom and and all the things that we can bring to bear in those years. Instead, his world and ministry began shrinking um, because he just didn't have the ability to to deal with the, the blows that came and, and physiologically uh, kind of was always looking for uh, solutions, uh, a better living through pharmacology, mm-hmm. and what does the doctor say I should yeah. take? And by the time he died, uh, he was on something like 20 different no prescriptions, wow. uh, including <clears throat> some hardcore stuff. Uh, and um, that's not what he wanted. Did it diminish his ministry or did he lose his ministry because of, uh, of his health? Um, or both? It's, it's hard to say. Okay. Uh, but um, difficulty in ministry exacerbated the the spiral downward and uh, he just didn't have the resiliency and the vigor yeah. uh, to be able to come against that and both emotionally spiritually and physically yeah. he began to retrench yeah. and 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 draw back right and it's, so, it's so integrated you know when when uh you know, his, I would imagine his spiritual life was good. You know, he's praying and seeking the Lord and writing sermons and uh, reaching out with a heart for the lost. But yeah. when the body is not able to to keep up the pace that the call of God is on your life, things start to fall apart. We we talk a lot about uh, uh, we call them eight cylinders here. Uh, they all start with the letter F, and this your faith is the key to to all the other seven cylinders. But your friends, your family, having friends is important. Mm-hmm. Community and and family. Uh, your finances. You're not stressed out about your finances. You're not over spending and in debt and and all these things are integrated and and two of them are you know that uh, or three of them actually are Part of the reason I wanted you to be here today is is the faith and how that's integrated with with f- our food and our and our fitness mm-hmm. and how that impacts 
our family, how it impacts our friendships. You know, if you don't have the energy to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, your friends are going to go to, uh, we're right across the street here from the Air Force Academy, mm-hmm. and they play on Saturdays. And, you know, I say, well, hey, let's get a group together, go to the Air Force and watch the game. They're like, oh, I'm so tired. You know, it's like it's, it's Saturday. I just want to watch it on TV right. with my bowl of popcorn. And, sure, sure. and so, uh, you know, it, it, it affects that. And so, you know, in your father's life, I'm sure, you know, not that we want to look back and, you know, beat him up over it, but, you know, there's no condemnation there, but the idea of wise choices, that affected you then. Did, do you feel like it, it changed your trajectory? Because sometimes we become like our fathers, even when we don't want to be. Sure. You know, it's almost like, you know, uh, somebody had an angry father, and I'll never be angry, and they get angry at, right, right, at that. Uh, right. But so you obviously have pursued health, fitness, your, your faith being yeah. integrated as part of that. Is that... Well, I would say that's an application of uh, common grace biblical wisdom, Mm. the sowing and reaping principles that God gives everyone, whether they're a believer or not, to Mm -hmm. be able to look at what's going on around them and see consequences of behavior and arrive at conclusions uh, where behavior leads. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't have to be a Christian to use that kind of discernment. That's a common grace gift to each one of us uh, called as sowing and reaping. I can see the seed my sowed uh, seed my dad sowed in many areas and say I want to emulate that. I want to yeah. to be the kind of man that he was to to his wife. Yeah. I want to be engaged in my kid's life. I want to be this and that and and that's good seed that produced a great harvest. But in this area, I don't want to sow that kind of seed because I see where that leads. I want to be maximally available in my late 50s mm-hmm. through as long as God gives me to, to lead. I want to put the pedal to the metal yeah, uh, in, that. at that time frame. Amen. And so my life has been a response in some ways to seeing what I don't want. And that's just exercising biblical wisdom of sowing and reaping mm-hmm. and seeing I want a preferred future rather than what I see going on yeah. uh, in people's mm-hmm. lives. Um, but he was, you know, uh, had a lot of very commendable things about his life yeah. that I would want to completely emulate. Yeah. I don't want it to be shortened or hindered in any way by some of the things that I saw hinder it at the end of his life. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with a, a passion for those things. I saw something that was instructive to me about how I should order my life yeah. in the negative, actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> in that regard. Right. And then God brought somebody into my life uh, uh, that kind of put a final piece to this. You're asking, why is it that I'm doing what I'm doing? Um, I was a member of a health club. Uh, One of the owners of the health club uh, was an unsaved, narcissistic, self-obsessed person that I got to know there. There there are people like that in the gym, are there? (laughs) Yeah, believe it or not, which is one reason the church rightly rejects that. We can get into that. But but, um, uh, I engaged him, and at a time of crisis in his life, uh, where the walls were falling in, um, mm. I got a chance to present the gospel to him. Mm. And God had been doing a work in his life for many years, actually leading up to that. Mm. And this guy who everybody thought had life all figured out and was yeah. the epitome of what they wanted to be mm-hmm. was really falling apart. Mm. And uh, I got a chance to uh, lead him to Christ and begin discipling him. And in that discipleship relationship, as he was beginning to yeah, one foot was still in the gym culture, but one foot was solidly in the church culture. And as he began moving into the church culture, his questions to me in these discipleship breakfasts were, Dave, I got to ask you, you know, I love these people that I'm getting to know and their spirits are strong and I like the direction and they got so much wisdom, but why does nobody care about their health in the Mm -hmm. church? Mm -hmm. I don't get it. 
doesn't the Bible say something about this? I mean, don't you want healthy people in the church because of the mission of the church? Yeah. Why, why does nobody care? And, <laughs> and I, I uh, had to ask myself that and say, well, I've never heard a sermon about this. Mm-hmm. I've never been taught a theology of the body. What, what does the Bible say about it? I've just done things maybe because I didn't want what happened to my dad to happen to me, or I valued it because I saw its benefits in the early part of my life. But if I'm going to keep forward on this, I'm going to have to have an intrinsic reason for and a motivation for pursuing this for a lifetime because there's too many ways, too many exit ramps to this in our culture sure to get is. off in a ditch. Yeah. What's going to sustain me in a lifelong pursuit of good health? And so I started digging into the Bible and specifically thinking about it through a lens of our physiology mm-hmm. and found that the Bible has an awful lot to say about uh, how we should steward our physical bodies and that the gospel has a lot of uh, important applications mm-hmm. to that area of our life. And so through that relationship, uh, God used that as, an, as a third way for me to start thinking deeply about this, and that is what gave birth to this specific ministry and focus of trying to let people know what does the Bible say about our physical bodies yeah. and how does the gospel apply to the issues that we have wow, with our health. Br- that's brilliant. That's what your ministries birth around. That's why I'm so attracted to it. Uh, and I want to dig into that, uh, the, 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 the biblical concept of, of how to live your life. Before we do, though, just, uh, you know, sometimes it's good to, 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 to face and confront the real issue. What, you know, what's happening in, in uh, our faith family <clears throat> in the church today? Uh, you, you've got, uh, and you're, you're interesting examples you bring up. You bring up your dad who had some, some of these, I call them the cylinders, mm-hmm. his faith, his family, his friendships, they were all there, but maybe the food and the fitness wasn't healthy there. And then you've got your friend in the gym who's got his food and fitness is <laughs> yeah. down, but he has no yeah. faith. Yeah. He has no, he's probably, you know, not real true friendships, real community and yeah. stuff. And so, you know, you're bringing holistic, you know, the, the first Thessalonians 5.23, that, that you might uh, be whole, W-H-O-L-E, and holy, H-O-L-Y, right. spirit, soul, and body. <clears throat> you're bringing these things together in your ministry, which yeah. is really rare. I mean, I've been... I've been in 72 different countries and uh, met with probably 50, you know, taught in front of 50 to 100,000 pastors. And it, uh, I can tell you, you know, it's... It's, uh, it's lonely out there, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, a voice in the wilderness. Uh, yeah. But, but, um, but and it's lonely because you're speaking to a condition that is probably not God-honoring. It's not exactly the way it should be, right? Can you tell us a little bit about the condition Sure. Of, uh, of, of, of those of us, our brothers and sisters, and ourselves sometimes. Even. Yeah, and I want to say this from a perspective of compassion yeah. and love and grace. Uh, there's no judgment here. Uh, I'm awesome. fully aware that I could and you could be sitting here, uh, maybe the picture of health, uh, and we could have a debilitating sin in our life, yeah. grave sin that nobody can see. Yeah. Uh, and then somebody who's struggling in this area, maybe that's very visible to everybody. Exactly. That's but what I was but say. they've got, you know, they're uh, egoless and uh-huh. they haven't struggled with pride and, and, right. and their giving is, is commendable. I understand that's all that. That's why this is so hard to talk. I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. I just had to say this. So that's why it's so hard to talk about this in church because if you're talking about lust, everybody can sit there with their Bible up and go like, mm, yeah, that's, yeah. amen, brother. But if you're talking about obesity and somebody weighs three, 350 pounds, yeah. everybody's going, yeah, he needs to hear that. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. just, it's just not right. You know, no, I, feel, I almost feel bad for people that are overweight because it's, it is such a visible yeah. 
you know, a, a visible situation that, that, uh, that you know, whereas uh, we can hide our other things. And, sure. you know, and so, uh, again, going back to these eight cylinders, you know, maybe I'm in better health than I used to be, but, you know, maybe my, maybe, you know, uh, lust is getting yeah. increased in my life. And sure. so. Uh, so yeah, as a caveat, yeah. Yeah. I offer that not, to say, yeah. hey, I know right. that. And yeah. I, I know what it's like to carry a name. I've, uh, it wasn't fatty, okay, but I was okay. given a name in my life hmm. at a time that hurt. Yeah. And in some ways it metastasized to my identity right. negatively. Right. And so um, I understand. Yeah. So That's I'm not true. coming in a, in a way of, you know, you should do this and why can't you that? Maybe this is easy right. for me mm-hmm. and this is your struggle in life, okay? Yeah. I have other struggles, you have other struggles. Exactly. These are our burdens. So I, uh, that said. Thanks for saying that. That's yeah, really important. The, the church um, survey says, and there's not a lot of data here, but survey says that in the midst of an unhealthy culture, and by that one where chronic disease is the, the mm-hmm. hockey stick graph going up, um, 67% overweight and obese, which mm-hmm. is not just mm-hmm. an aesthetic, it is, uh, means there's chronic disease going on uh, exactly. because of that. Uh, the church is 10% worse than that. That's incredible. So um, you think about any kind of behavior, be it profanity, downloading porn, mm-hmm. um, materialism, uh, wife beating, you know, <laughs> whatever it might be, yeah, want... uh, if the church was 10% worse than the culture in that, there would be an all-out offensive to combat and come against that. 10% more divorces in the church than in the culture. Well, let's get marital count. You know, get yeah. people in there to talk about, oh, wait, we have that. Right. Uh, uh, 10% more materialism in the church. Let, let's get yeah. Dave Ramsey in there. To, oh, wait, we have that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, maybe that's why th- these things are not 10% worse than the right. culture. But this is an area where uh, nature abhors a vacuum that nobody talks about it. Yeah. And so the church has its drug of choice is food. Yeah. And and so it has been allowed to, under the guise of fellowship yeah. and under the guise of uh, hospitality, under the guise uh, and some misunderstandings of theology, is allowed to become what it is without perhaps recognizing that we can't silo our lives off and say our body can be going to pieces and yet everything else is just hitting on all these cylinders, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. That, that's fiction. Right. That doesn't, that doesn't exist. Yeah. You don't have a body that's a repository for chronic disease and then have something that's just marriage relationships and relationships with others and, yeah. and a great uh, a productivity at work and a great stewardship of money yeah. and great prayer life and devotional life uh, over here while, while this is happening over here. That, that mm-hmm. isn't. And yet we had that dichotomy is kind of given a nod exactly. in the church that that this is really kind of superficial stuff yeah. that that is really yeah. a little secular and worldly to consider too much this too much on this. Yeah. Uh, you should be really concentrating over here. Yeah. And th- that's it, it, just not true. It, it really they is all the, work together. It, it is. That really is an environment of the church. You know, I, man, I'm so thrilled to grow up in the home I did and absolutely honor and love my dad just there's so much about him i would love to emulate like you mentioned too yeah. one of the things i noticed in in his trajectory and his relationship with me is so i love i love sports and i would i was on a basketball team football team baseball team and um he never came to any of my events 
uh, when I was 16 years old, I preached my first sermon. He was sitting there in the front row <laughs> and took me out to dinner afterwards and just yeah. gloated. Like, Celebrated. What a, yeah, yeah, what a great, you know, yeah. and, and it kind of like, it was an unspoken message. Yeah. Like, uh, you're, you know, you're, the physical is not important. Mm-hmm. Uh, you being involved in team sports, you having camaraderie in that, yeah. you staying in good health for that yeah. uh, is not important. But if you're going to preach a sermon, that's important. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's kind of the... One is the, kingdom work. The right. other is somehow secular. Yeah, it is, and it could almost be careful. It could yeah. get you, and it can. It yeah. can get you. Can get yeah. it can become an idol, but yeah. uh, so can preaching. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and so you know, being, bringing things into I don't call it balance because balance is too hard for me. I'd like to to look at my life and go like, okay, I need twenty percent for my family, twenty percent for my friends, twenty percent for my physical health. Yeah. I just can't, you know, just too much math in my head. Sure. So, so I, I use the word harmony, uh, like because my wife's a, a piano player, and yeah. I just love when she hits. A chord that resonates, you know, like you've got several notes at the same time, and then there's a little shift to the next chord. Right. And I think that that flow of life and uh, you know it can be really healthy for us when, when. But you know, but you're talking about the church maybe missing uh, a note, mm-hmm. uh, missing a chord, or missing a cylinder, and that affects everything else. You can't play a, a symphony with a, not having the, the the C note. You know, uh, sure. Right in the and what are the notes we're supposed to be playing as the church? Yeah. You know, you you've undoubtedly got people from all different denominational uh, perspectives here, but I think we can all agree that loving God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, mm-hmm. and loving yeah. our neighbor as ourself, right, would be something we could all you know <laughs> sing kumbaya about. Okay, um, you don't do that well when you're not healthy. Yeah. You don't have the vitality. You don't have the endurance. You don't have um, the gusto to be able to engage right. in those things um, the way you should when your physical body isn't cooperating. Yeah, that's so so um, uh, you, loving God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, there, there's a physical capacity issue there of loving God, enjoying Him more because your physical body is letting you not have brain fog and mm-hmm. pray more and hear more clearly and have the Holy Spirit uh, speaking from Scripture to you more yeah. clearly. These are things that become deadened and calloused as our life becomes more unhealthy. Yeah. We just don't hear the same. We don't see with the same kind of uh, perspective. We begin to think of ourselves in ways that aren't even biblical. When, if further down mm-hmm. we go this, this way. So uh, loving God that way has a physiological component to it. And yeah. I can tell you, and your ministry certainly bears out, that the Great Commission and loving our neighbor as ourself absolutely has a physiological component to mm-hmm. it. You don't love your neighbor as yourself very well if pulling into the carport and going and disappearing into a, a bowl of fiddle-faddle watching Netflix every night. Is that, there, this is not how we engage our culture. There actually is a thing called fiddle-faddle? Are you making that up, or is there actually a... Well, a I think caramel-coated caramel, uh, caramel uh, almond okay. and popcorn clusters, you know. Because you're making me hungry now. I just was... <laughs> so we need, we need to have the resiliency to be able to say at the end of a hard day of work, I still have time to engage my wife. I still have time to engage my kids and grandkids. I still have time to go to the widow lady across the street and blow the snow off her driveway. I still have uh, time this weekend to the energy to go move the single mom uh, who can only afford two men in a truck or can only afford a U-Haul. And Mm -hmm. I need to be engaged in their life that way. Prayer takes energy. Uh, Mm -hmm. fasting takes energy Uh, all manner of spiritual disciplines take energy and if our bodies aren't cooperating we're missing out on all those things that can be a part 
of our spiritual growth in Christ. Oh, yeah, that's so good. Yes, because it gives the gives the you know the the power of the why 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 I do something. What's the what's the deep motive for it? If if our motive is shallow, I want to mm-hmm. you know look good in the swimsuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that doesn't drive us in the right direction. But right. You're, you're talking about a, a much deeper motive that mm-hmm. my physical health, the way I eat, the way I exercise, the way I you know, go for a brisk walk daily, yeah. uh, <clears throat> impacts the the way I can love my spouse or the way I can sure. take care for me. Uh, it was it was a real uh, turning point for me in my health because uh, I was healthy at young, at middle age I got sort of out of shape and overweight and uh, exhaust. I was exhausted. The brain fog you were talking mm-hmm. about, and for me it hit me one day. I was, I was laying on the floor with a couple of my grandsons, and we were doing that wrestling thing, like see if you can pin me down. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, after about three minutes, I was just like out of breath. And then when I get when I, when I went to get up, and I was just like it took you know it was, took me so long. Like, and, yeah. oh, you know, mm-hmm. I was just like I realized okay, I'm, I'm just like in my early fifties at the time, yeah. and just just I'm, I'm losing it. Mm-hmm. And if I can't do that, just a few minutes playing with the grandkids, how can I sure. get on the airplane? and travel to Africa and how can I yeah. come to the office? It takes a and, physical toll. Yeah. And so you're really talking about something so important there, the the, the, the why of it. So, and in your book you talk about that. The, 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 it, it does relate. Like let me just give you – I'll read this one. This is day seven because you talk about this. In, is it 30 days, right? It's 30. Yes, yeah, so th- daily 30 devotional days. for 30 uh, man, days. Man, I love this because you can – especially if somebody's starting new, yeah. they can have a devotional element to – uh, the, the refrigerator and the right. gym or right. the walk. Right. So, but uh, in day seven, you say my body, my bodily discipline, and by that you would mean, can you? Can our, our, our habits of uh, nourishing our bodies nourishing through food. good eating okay. and movement okay. and exercise. Good, good. So those two things, and and maybe more, uh, will have a direct impact on my ability to fulfill the great commandment to love God with all my heart, soul, and strength. That's really what you're talking about, isn't it? It's yeah. it's it's a bigger a bigger reason. Yeah, the motivation piece is critical for people. I think you even shared at the conference you spoke at uh, was that uh, the motive for you was, doggone it, if I put on another couple pounds, I'm going to have to go buy new and buy a new belt. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, that, that wasn't a compelling motive because that yeah. didn't cost much and it was just yeah. too easy to just go buy a new belt. Yeah. Uh, besides, it, people then won't be able to see all the, the wear marks on, on every sequential <laughs> notch as you expanded. Yeah. Um, better to start with a clean slate. Yeah. Um, we need to have in, uh, not extrinsic motives, things coming right. from the outside, things that sound like they're starting a wellness program at work. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had a physical, and doctor raised his eyebrows at some of my numbers. Um, my wife's been badgering me to get on the treadmill. Yeah. I don't want to have to buy a new belt. Uh, or what, <laughs> yeah. or um, bikini season's right around the corner. Yeah. Lose 15 pounds and show your ex what they're missing. Mm. Yeah, these are cultural extrinsic motives that are short-term, short-term but they and, don't last. They're they, not wired to our right? faith or, or, or our heart. We need to move up that pyramid yeah. of motivations to get to intrinsic motives yeah. that speak to um, our, our walk uh, of sanctification right. that says, um, I uh, want to be able to enjoy more of God. Yeah. And I can do that when I'm eating right and exercising yeah. and I'm at a healthy weight. Right. I want to be able to love my neighbor, starting with my spouse, my kids, my grandkids, and then moving out to the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to be able to engage them at their point of need, and I do that better yeah. when my physical body is under control. Yeah. 
there's 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 this uh, reality. I'll use preaching as an example. So I preach. If my motive for preaching is I want to be a famous preacher, I want to have uh, you know ten thousand likes on every sermon I preach, the Holy Spirit's not going to bless that motive. And so I think the same thing in our physical health as well. If if my motive is to to impress people, to impress people, yeah. So like you know I I'd gotten up to like two thirty two hundred thirty pounds, and then, and then when I really got into this. I started with the right motives. I was like, I want a body that can, and a mind clear and serve God. And then I, I started. I got down to 180, mm-hmm. and I looked in the mirror one day, and and I had something I hadn't seen since high school. I had these like little lines right here, <laughs> and I thought that that's a it's a two pack. It's not a six pack, <laughs> but it's I haven't seen. I've had a I've had a one pack for you know 20 years, and all of a sudden my motive changed. Uh-huh. I went like, oh man, if I could lose like maybe eight more pounds, mm-hmm. I might actually have a six pack. That'd be yeah. really cool. I go up to my wife, look at it, I got a right, six pack. Right, right. And, uh, and, 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 and what a disappointment and when she it. really didn't care. Yeah, she didn't care. That's right. Yeah, she she's just like, I want to go to I want to go get some donuts with yeah. you, um, but. Uh, I lost it. Mm-hmm. I instead of going from you know, if I got if I could have lost ten more pounds, I could have had a six pack. With that, when that motive shifted, I went from one eighty back up to two hundred, which I'm struggling with now. You uh-huh. know, trying to get and and it's not the number, but it's it's the it's the it's the vision of right. of why why I'm doing this. And so so I'm so glad you're talking about the the motive here because I think that can really help people mm-hmm. um, move beyond. To, to have a really big reason for for this, and once somebody yeah. has a big reason, then and then you get the anointing or the blessing mm-hmm. of of God's Holy Spirit empowering the reason why. So He's not going to bless me for uh, wanting to be a famous preacher or have a six pack. He's not going to be behind that energy, yeah. but He's going to be behind the energy if I want to serve Him well and I want to love God well through this, and I want to be able to do all that He's called me to. The motive of this. So two of the chapters uh, in the devotional that 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 touch to that are. Uh, Satan doesn't care what you're obsessing over as long as it isn't Jesus. And he's happy to take somebody who needs some help in the physiological area and take them right through a healthy pursuit of that for good reasons and to move them right on through to obsession because he doesn't care what you're obsessed with. Our hearts are an idol factory. And and if we can make an idol out of our uh, next meal out of a blender or our new personal record or our workout Mm -hmm. regimen and we're not engaging with the Lord in the way we should, he's just as happy as long as the Lord isn't at the center. And, And a corollary to that is that God cares more about our motives than he does about our intentions or our results. Wow. Um, so those are a couple of chapters that deal with <laughs> some are, of those things. Those are like really good, but they're also an ouch. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't think you were going to bring conviction on me here today when you came to, <laughs> but but you are, you know, because this is this, you know, because I see how easy it is to to, to, to kind of just lose your way either on sure. kind of backsliding and just going, I don't care, I'm going to go back to. The, right. I intended yeah. to do something yeah. makes us look better than we really are, and it's really mm-hmm. a, a foil. Yeah. Intentions are weak, and they make us look better than we are. Mm. Results, uh, you know, at what at what cost? Yeah. Um, uh, God wasn't all just about results, uh, like the ends justify the means. Uh, no, uh, He wants uh, but a heart that is rightly motivated with intrinsic gospel-centered motives will be able to avoid the excesses, mm-hmm. as well as to realize the fulfillment of the intentions. Uh, so God cares more about our motives than our intentions or our results. Beautiful. Our culture is more than happy to warp our perspective on our bodies. We're either told that we're perfect exactly how we are or that we'll never be good enough and we need to change everything. Both of those messages are sad misrepresentations of how God views us and what he wants for us. 
He loves how He made us, but He also wants us to make healthy choices and have the energy to pursue His work. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge. Sound design for this episode by Mike Hallsmith. This episode was written by Rachel Schimitz. Our producer is Chris Wigington, with video production and editing by Aaron Gale. World Challenge is incredibly thankful for the support we receive from many people across the country who believe in our mission. We are able to continue creating resources like this podcast because of donations from listeners like you. We hope you tune in next week to the Gary Wilkerson podcast as Gary talks with members of the World Challenge team to get their views on the generational divide that's tearing apart our churches. Until then, do all you can to live a better life and make a better world through Jesus Christ.